0: Uh, go in this part of our series uh, called Created to Walk in His Footsteps, I want to say something before I dive into this. Today, I am going to be speaking to you apostolically, prophetically, and in the prophetic realm, I'm going to uh, actually bring correction. The Word of God is going to bring correction in all of our lives, and it's going to avail us to think about something that has created such havoc in our world. We've talked about it, but now we're going to dig a little bit deeper in this. So uh, as we dive into the notes, I want you just to recognize that this is coming from heaven's gates. And God is speaking something very innate, very important that we understand. And when we understand this, we are going to begin moving into a greater realm than we ever have before. How many of you realize that God has something greater for you? Amen? Let's go ahead and let's just sign it by raising our hands. How many of you realize God has something greater for you? Okay. Today, it's so important that you hear how this happens. And as we dive in here, let's just go back a little bit of what we have talked about in the series, Who Am I? Our first point was we were created to believe in Jesus, talking about salvation, talking about how in faith we believe him for everything that he has promised. Last time together, we finished the second part of this series, and we talked about that we were created to belong to family. And right now, I want to say to every one of us that are here, I'm gonna say this a second service, I'm gonna ask Pastor Angel to speak to his congregation in the third service that happens today. You must realize that you are accepted in the body of Christ. Whatever lies that you've heard most of your life in the past that says that you are not accepted, it is a lie and you must understand it is an attack of the enemy to destroy the very work of God in your life. In many instances, we will hear, and I'm gonna talk about this, how that our world has the world, as in those that do not know Christ, they preach a gospel. And we have been hearing the gospel for the past few years in a very strong way from the world. But I am preaching to you the gospel of Jesus Christ not the gospel of our enemy. We are created to walk in his footsteps. We are created to become a follower of him. And so I'm gonna ask you to turn to Mark chapter nine, and we must realize that God created us to become something, not just to do something. The premise of the whole series is that everything that we do must be out of our revelation and understanding of what God created us to become. So the work of our life is not the doing of everything that God called us to do, but it's to become that first so that when we do it, then we do it out of our spirit, we do it out of faith. The scripture that we're gonna be reading and what we're going to be bringing out today says we are to believe to have eternal life. Then we are to continue to believe to receive abundant life. There is a next step. The next step is out of what we have become. In John 1, I I asked you to turn to Mark chapter uh, in Mark, but in John 1, verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. See the two parts. When you believe you become a child of God, then it speaks of you then following what you have become. And in following what you have become, you are following Christ. So follow my my, uh, method to madness here. Is we have to get to a place in our life when you believe you become that child of God. You become what you were created to be. And then from there, then it speaks to us as of following Christ. Then it speaks this. Mark 1 verse 17 says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you, notice the word, become fishers of men. It didn't say, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you become fishers of men. Many times we quote that incorrectly. I do, many times. Jesus says, I will make you become fishers of men. I will make you become something. What is that? The question is, what will Jesus make you become? And here's the answer fishers of men, someone who is concerned about other people. When we hear, I will make you become fishers of men, we think of the doing of spreading the gospel. How many of you know spreading the gospel is good? Amen? Being that, as Pastor Dan and Terry talking about, being that one that people can look at you and, and see Christ in you. But I want you to understand that the reality of the truth here is that you will lead people to Christ if you become someone who loves people. You will be the one that is able to minister and touch lives and lay hands on the sick, that they will recover, to to anoint with oil that they would be healed. You will do mighty works with Christ. But the reality, what Jesus is saying, in order for us to follow him, to follow in his footsteps, you have to love other people. You have to love other people. Fishers of men. Last point that we covered, we discussed the nature we were born with. Remember, when you were born of man in this earth, you were born rejected because of the sin of man. You were born rejected. But now, hear this, and hear this so deeply in your spirit. Is because we have been preached to the gospel of the world is that you need an identity, you need this, you need this, that people uh, don't like you, people are rejected, they're saying all these different things. Truth in this world, that has happened. You and I have been rejected. But rejection develops self-centeredness. When we as believers do not understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we base what we have become, we base how we do things through rejection, which then will produce self-centeredness. The second thing was the nature we were born again with. Remember that, when you become born again, then we now belong to family and are accepted in the body of Christ. That in heaven you are seen as someone very important, you are a son or a daughter of God. So to say like I am not important in my family, to say that that people don't need me, to say that um, I don't have an identity, to say things like, and we're gonna talk about this later, I need to find myself. What we have come to a place in our lives of believing the world's doctrine that you are rejected, that you are not accepted, and you're no good. And that is a total 100% opposite of what God says you and I are. And so what I wanna say to every one of us today is, You must check your thought process. Are you making decisions based upon rejection? You're not rejected if you're born again. Or are you making your decisions based on becoming what God called you to be when you became born again? Now I know that I am coming from many different ways and trying to give you a a truth here that will change your life. I want you to see this. We will follow this theme that we belong to family and are accepted, but we're going to follow it in a different way. We're going to follow the theme that I have been uh, the last four times together in this series that I've been teaching you about who you are in Christ, but we're going to come at it a different way today. In this world, we are born self-centered. This is called, in Scripture, our old nature or our fallen nature. Our old nature or our fallen nature. Now, let me just tell you that my wife and I have the most beautiful, handsome, wonderful, great-grandchildren. They are it. I am sorry, my grandchildren are amazing. I know yours are special, but mine are amazing. Matter of fact, they're cute, they're handsome, they're pretty, they're beautiful, they're just amazing. But let me just tell you, did you know, as the parents walk in, (laughs) perfect time, perfect timing, <laughs> but did you know that those seven of those are self centered? Because they're born into rejection, which produces self centeredness. Did you know anybody? I, I'm going to teach you something you've never heard before. Did you know that babies don't care that it's two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, they just just don't care. They wake you up and they are wide awake and they smile at you at two o'clock in the morning and they say, give me attention. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me give you a test now. Everybody ready? And the test is true and false, all right? And so what I want is for everybody, when I make a statement and I'm waiting for an answer, The answer is either true or false, all right? And so I want us to say it all at the same time. So, is this true or false? Here's the first statement. Human beings are basically self-centered. True or false? True. True, okay? Here's the second statement. You are a human being. You are a human being. There you go, okay. I know I should have said you and I. But I'm self-centered now. (laughs) Mark chapter 9, verse 33. Watch this hilarious conversation and statement that is made. Verse 33 says, Then he came to Capernaum, And when he was in the house, he asked them, the disciples, What was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest? These are disciples. Bottom line, the first pastor's conference who would be the greatest? Verse 35, and he sat down, called the 12, and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Think about it. These guys are arguing about who is going to be the greatest. Jesus gathered them together and said, "What?" were you guys arguing about they were literally arguing and the scripture says they didn't say the word they didn't say a word they didn't say anything because they knew the moment that jesus said that that they got trapped in their own self-centeredness you know i could just see the guys how many of you have ever been trapped and you just know Man, if I say what we were talking about, I'm going to get in trouble. All right? So can you imagine one of them going, I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. I don't remember. Oh, John was talking about the weather and how wonderful it was. And then, of course, Peter, oh, I know, I know. We were talking about if you walk on water, you're going to get wet. No. Jesus said, let me tell you about your weather and about your miracle of walking on water. Whoever among you decides to be great needs to be a servant. I'm going to say that again. Whoever among you decides to be great, you need to get out of yourself and think about other people. If you're going to be great in the kingdom of God, then you need to serve. Wow. You need to be a servant. Can you imagine the guys looking around going, you started the conversation. Think about it. Maybe there was a conversation in heaven before God created man. When God created us, did the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have a conversation saying, you know when they're born in this world, they're going to be self-centered? And the reason why is because sin, because sin will enter the world, and they will be self-centered. Hmm. So then they go, so what, what do we do to get self-centeredness out of them? And one of them went, oh. Oh. Let's have them live with another human being, marriage. And that'll fix (laughs) self-centeredness. Or, hmm, how about if we just give them children? Hmm. See, because getting up at two in the morning sometimes will show us what happens in life is that it's about me and no one else. It's about what's going on in my world and not in other people's worlds. In the 60s and the 70s, yeah, I'm dating myself, there was this thing that you would hear in the church and you would hear psychologists talk about, it was called me-ism, me-ism. In marriage counseling, you had "meism a lot," statements like, "He doesn't listen to me. I need to get someone to listen to me." or "She doesn't meet my needs." I need to meet someone who will give me what I want." Meism in all areas is in all areas. I need my space. I need to do what's best for me. You know, you gotta look out for number one. Those are all the different sayings that people would say. But that last statement, you gotta look out for number one, tells you that Jesus is not number one in their life. See, this kind of proclamation's not in culture as much today, like it was. But this is hilarious, the statement of today. I need to find myself. Church, I'm going to be able to help you with that immediately. You need to find yourself. Everyone look at me. You're right there. <laughs> there you are. There, yep, you're there. And, and what I'm telling you is that we have created a doctrine that is not a scriptural doctrine. We have created a culture of self-centeredness. We have created a culture, even though now, because of Valley Community Church, that we understand we're born again, we're not rejected, we're accepted, we belong to the family, hallelujah. But let's say it a different way. And let's continue to live in rejection when we're not rejected. Do you know how valuable you are to the kingdom of God? Do you know how valuable every one of you are to the things that God has for the body of Christ, for everything in your life? You need to understand is that you have been created to belong by God, the creator of the universe. But here now, because we have understood doctrine, that because we're born again, we're now accepted, but now the world is preaching strongly this doctrine to us a different way. When you talk about human condition, which you hear that all the time on TV, the reason they said they need to find themselves because everyone was born lost. there is a little bit of, thank you, there is a little bit of truth in there. And we need to understand that because we were born in this world, we were born lost. But we're not finding ourselves, we're finding Jesus. Because we are created in his image, and when we're created in his image, then we don't need to say the statements that I'm not important. I have sat with people that have said to me at times, you know, I don't even know why I'm living. And I tell them, I know why you're living. God created you. Many of the plans of man, Terry quoted this, but it's the purposes of God that will prevail in your life. But you must understand that you don't need to find yourself, you find Jesus. And when you find Jesus and you know who he is and you know who you are in Jesus, then you will not be lost. And every single morning you'll wake up with purpose. Every single morning you will wake up with a, with a passion for life, with a passion for your job. Yesterday we were at a Marketplace Conference and I love what, what Dr. Mila said. She said, you need to rise up and have passion for your job. And get up and be happy about what you have. So amazing. But it comes because you have become what God created you to be. And you are not living by the principle of rejection. You are living by the principle of acceptance. Acceptance. But we were born lost, but now you are born again. The world always describes a problem, but never comes up with the answer. There's only one good, there's only one just, and that's God. You don't need to find yourself, you need to find Jesus, because he knows who you are, and who you are created to be. He knows where you're at. I can look out like I did earlier, jokingly, and point at you, there you are. But, you know, I have to do something. I have to, something needs to happen. I need someone to help me. I need someone to give me something. No, God has already done it. He has given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You have what you need to do what God has called you to become. You have everything. But the world has lied and lied and lied. Let me give you some news hot off the heavenly news. Meism is in the church also. Let me give you an example. That music is not my style. I don't like it. My question is who said that the music is supposed to be your style? Who said your style is the right style? Correction? You know the hardest thing for a church to do is to accept correction. The hardest thing is because what we have been the meism, the the, the self-centeredness that all of us have been born in, it's about what do I like? I had dinner many, many years ago with a, an elderly couple who had adopted a son, and talking to them and, and they They just were just saying, we just love what you're doing with the church. We just love what's going on, blah, 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 and all these things, and we're having great conversation, and then all of a sudden, I kind of saw the father kind of turn a little bit, and uh, he wasn't saying much, and so I asked him, I I will straight out because they were, that's me, but anyways, and I said, said, "Um, is there something that you're concerned about? He said, no, 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 I'm not concerned about anything. And his son began to laugh. And I said, well, what are you laughing at? And he looked at his dad and he says, got you. And and, uh, I started laughing. I said, no, 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 that's not what this is. But what is it? I'd like to find out. And he said, well, he says, you know, always the first song. What do you mean the first song? Well, it's just so rock and fast, and I just, and I looked at him, I said, you know what, there are times when I'm in church, I don't like a song either, and then I turned to his son, I almost said his name, and I turned to his son, I said, what do you think about the first song? I love it, and I looked at the father, and I said, that's why we have the first song, because it's not about me. It's not about you only. It's about others. Oh, I loved it. We had, we had songs today of old. And I just, you know, hands up in the air because I can remember years ago singing those songs. But we have to get to a place that we understand that in the church that we are to create an atmosphere that all people's can move into the realm of growing in the Lord. And in my opinion, there's some things that I don't like, but I know that most do. And so as the leader of the church, I say, go for it. I love, uh, you know, the things that that are happening, you know, and with with our our youth and with our children's ministry and the plans that we're going to be showing you all the different things. And why we are doing that is because we are moving into a realm of just destroying the work of the enemy and rising up and letting our communities just really see the truth that will set them free, that they no longer are going to be rejected, they will become born again, and they will know that they belong to the family of God, and we don't need Meism it's about us anymore. advertising today, the key is meism. Some of those of old have it your way. You deserve a break today. How many of you got that song in your mind? I like that let that be the first song. but you you think I Deserve that. I deserve that break today. I deserve the best fries in town from Kalima Burger. Well, let's take meism a little bit further. Are you still with me? Okay. I mean, let's. We're family. Let's let's talk. <clears throat> Mark ten, <clears throat> verse thirty-five. This is funny to what the disciples said to Jesus in Mark 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want the creator of the universe, the ruler of all, to do everything that we ask? I want you, Jesus, to be my servant. I want you, to do whatever I ask, whatever I need, whatever uh, I want. I want you to do it for me. But pastor, there's a scripture that says that. I know some of you, you're word people. First John 5.14 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, he hears us. Did you get that? I've heard people quote that all the time, just like that. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. <laughs> you know what that tells me? If I don't ask him something according to his will, if, if, if it's not according to his will, he doesn't hear me. And, and I, I just, I'm a faith guy. I'm a guy that believes what he says, and and what Jesus says, the word says, I proclaim it, I believe it, I receive it, I accept it, it's mine. Amen? Amen. But it's gotta be according to his will. Well, uh, John 14, 13, 14, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Notice the honor, notice the honor. Every time we get to a principle in the Word of God, we get to a doctrinal thing in the Word of God, it always gets back to honoring God, honoring those others, and it honors you. Honor has a reward. Everything that we do, it's not about me to be the greatest I need to serve says, when you ask in his name, means authority with cause. I have authority with cause. What's the cause? The kingdom of God. God has given us rulership in the kingdom of God. That's why we have authority. I don't have authority over you. You don't have authority over me. We have authority over the principalities and powers, the enemy. It talks about it has conditions. Things that we ask, things that we say, things that it has conditions. And you are asking on Jesus' behalf to accomplish something. We are literally, when we are taking authority, when we are moving in authority, we are doing things for Jesus. When you are at your job and all Hades is breaking loose and you're taking authority and you're moving that in the principle of, of praying and interceding and speaking the word and uh, you know, all those different things, you're doing it for someone. You're doing it for Jesus. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll be for you too. But there's got to be a purpose. There's got to be a reason for that. It's got to be God's will. And in all, the end result is honoring somebody. So what we have learned about that when you were born in this world, you were born into rejection because of the sin of mankind. And that rejection has created so many people who struggle in life and poverty and all these different things. And then what happened, that rejection produces the fruit of self-centeredness, okay, fool me once, fool me twice, that type of statement, all these things, and we get angry. And we get frustrated. There's no one ever gonna use me again, uh-uh, nope. That's not gonna to happen to me anymore. Now, I understand if that doesn't happen to you anymore because that thing hurts you, but that's not how we do that. How you change things is you change things in the spirit realm. How you change things in the spirit realm, you know your creator, Oop, we taught that beginning of this series, you know who you are. Oh, we got that. Now when you become born again, you're no longer rejected, so rejection doesn't have a a hold on you. Rejection does not have a hold on the way you think and the way you act and the way you live your life. And so now, because you know you're born again, you're accepted in the beloved, you no longer are self-centered. And when you get up in the morning and go to work, you're going to work not just for yourself, but you will receive things. You will get the blessings of the Lord because you're doing it right. You will receive promotion because God is the one that promotes. And it's not about you, it's about others. I know people who have stated to me that they have gotten a job and it lasted seven, eight years, and they knew at the end of the seven or eight years of that job, they were hired there just to lead someone to Jesus. They got money, they got promotion, they got a paycheck, but they were there to lead someone to Jesus. And when we, the church, can understand the fruit of rejection is self-centeredness, we know that is a fruit we need not to partake of. But the fruit of becoming a family is now you can walk in authority, but how you do that is you become a servant. You serve one another, you love one another, you accept one another, you forgive one another. You're tender hearted. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Can someone say hallelujah? Some of you, oh, hallelujah. (laughs) So good to see you folks. You are created to walk in Jesus' footsteps. Let's read out of James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. You lust and do not have. You murder and cover and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You see that? Because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. The, the word scripture, and I could take time, but I'm not going to, tells us that God's going to give you houses and lands, and God's going to bless you, and God, you're, you're above and not beneath. And all these different things, the prosperity of the Lord, it's real, it's right. Mammon is a thief. Mammon rules many people. Mammon is self-centered. And we need to kick mammon out of our life, the God mammon, out of our life, even in our finances. And we have to break it and move out in that area. I wanna tell you, all you business folks, you hire people. You you cannot hire them by are you a Christian, or you whatever, but you can ask certain questions to find out if they care about other people. Don't hire someone that's self-centered because they will destroy you. They will bring poverty, they will bring frustration, they will bring lawsuits, they will bring all kinds of things into your life. What you have to do is pray and move into that realm. Now, let me just say it this way. The Lord can say, I want you to hire this person. They're going to give you some problems, but in the end, I will change their life. Understand? So, so understand, But the reality is, if you're going to move in that, and a matter of fact, let me just say this. Holy Spirit's just racing in my head and heart. If you go and you are trying to get a job, and you are talking with them, they're asking you questions. Do not answer your questions based upon me. Answer the questions based upon what you, the person, has giftings, abilities, to help them, to help others. You will be hired in a heartbeat. Because that's what the world is looking for. You know what the world is looking for? Acceptance. What we have being born again. You know what the world is looking for? The world is looking for someone that believes in them. That's why at Valley Community, we believe in you. You might have totally last week messed things up. I still believe in you. Because Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. You got some changes you got to make? That's cool. Let's change together. But let's get to this place where we are not self-centered. So the disciples said, do for us whatever we ask. And it's amazing Jesus didn't call fire down from heaven. And just, you're gone. Mark 10, verse 36. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit, one on your right side and the other on your left, in your glory. (laughs) This is what this, Jesus, we got it. You walk on the water and you're number one, but I want to be number two. And I want you to see Jesus' answer. And we're going to close with this. Verse 38. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. So then Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom It is prepared. And when the ten heard it, watch this, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Because James and John had been the closest. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them? Yet it shall not be so among you talking to the disciples, let's transfer this scripture, Jesus standing up here, I'm sitting in one of the pews here, and he's talking to us, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We're going to pick this up next week and really dive into what Jesus was talking about. But let me close with this, as if we can all stand. So I don't forget, please sign up for the home groups, married couples, home groups. Honey, can they still sign up for the retreat? They can still sign up for the retreat. Last day for the retreat. You ladies are going to have a great time. I might have to go out there and make sure they're okay and maybe hit the golf course while I'm there. (laughs) Uh, Amen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So. But I, I just you belong. This is real, church. This this isn't just someone up here mouthing off. I call it verbal dysentery. It's not. It's real. You have become born again. You are accepted in the body of Christ. You can do this thing. You see, rejection, spiritual rejection, the truth of this because of the sin of mankind. Jesus took care of that. Let me just say it again to you. Jesus took care of that. When the enemy or the world comes to you and says, The world hates you, the system may hate you. God loves you. You are so meaningful. God and all she's asking you is just accepting that can you imagine how much money we would save and how many problems would be solved in our life if we lived our life and our decisions based on I'm accepted I belong amen It's as simple as that. Some of you ladies, I'm never going to find a spouse. God knows where he's at. Well, point him out to me, Pastor. No, I can't do that. God knows. Excuse me. My wife can put some people together. But the reality, and I'm going to stop in a moment, I I just sense the Holy Spirit just bathing our thinking, changing. And again, sometimes we think we have to yell, scream, cry, come down, roll around to get God to do something. I'm just telling you, He's already done it. You are loved. When you leave here, leave here loved. You don't know what I'm going through. Leave here loved. Your battle is not against that person. Your battle is spirit. Amen. I'm proud of you. It's an honor to serve you as your pastor. And I'm believing for great things. Don't miss next week. I know, ladies, you're going to be out of here. About 80 or 90 of you, but maybe more. But the reality is, come back next week and hear what Jesus is going to say to you. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing day.